Hey, would you mind doing me a solid, please, and cover up your big cake eating gob? Would you? Could you just do that? I'd put that mask back on if I were you. Just put the mask on. Really? Is this what we're going to come to? That we're going to come to some kind of culture war over masks? This is where we're at? Over the course of the hour, I'm going to wade into this. Join the conversation at 416-870-6400. You feel your rights are being trampled on because you have to wear a mask? Really? Mandatory masks in a bunch of places. I just noticed this one. How about this? As of this coming Monday, face masks and coverings will be mandatory for anyone entering a commercial establishment in the city of Kawartha Lakes. Well, so there you go. Another section of the province where they've added in mandatory masks. As of this weekend, Durham joins Toronto, Peel, a bunch of other regions. 416-870-6400. We'll get back to the phone lines and this whole mask question in just a second. But I want to get to what's going on with our schools come September. And I know the kids out there, you know, because i got a lot of kids listening to this radio show. You know the kids, they love me. Uh, the kids, they don't want to talk about uh, school right now. It's July. Don't talk to me about school. I don't want to talk about it. But we have to talk about it as parents because we've got to figure out what it is we're going to do. What are we going to do? How are we going to get the kids back into class? We need to get school back on. We need to happen. It needs to happen. And, of course, the education minister has told school boards to prepare for three scenarios this September. Online only. Well, that didn't work out so well in the last couple of months, but okay. In class only with strict hygiene or a mix of the two. And the minister, Stephen Lecce, says he expects that hybrid model will be the one that's in place by the fall. Well, what does that possibly mean for parents and especially for working parents? Jennifer Story is a TDSB trustee who joins me on the line. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Alan. Do you think that the province needs to go back to the drawing board on this? Why? Well, I think what we're seeing right now is that the the plans as they're rolling out are not going to work for parents, particularly for working parents, but I would say for all parents. And, and I would say that for a few reasons. Um, whether it's full-time school or child care or parental leave or, or you know, any other options that, that we can put together, parents need to be able to work and parents need to be able to trust that their kids are safe, social, and learning. Uh, we need all levels of government to be coming together to look at the basket of solutions that are needed to keep parents able to participate in the workforce or to cover them for loss of wages if they can't because they're home with their kids. Uh, and we just don't think at this point that all those levels of government have been ambitious and creative about how to make that happen for the best interest of our kids and our families. You have a particular problem with the hybrid model that the province has announced and is expected to enact uh, come September? I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with the hybrid model per se. And in fact, that's the hand that school boards have been dealt. As you said in the opening we were told to come up with three models, but we've been we've received subsequent direction that the hybrid model is where we're supposed to start in September. And we have only so many dollars also given from the province because school boards don't generate their own revenue. All the money flows from the provincial government. Um, so that's the direction we have, and that's the model we will build. And we will make it as safe as possible for our teachers, for our students, um, and we will do our utmost to deliver the best quality uh, education that we can. Um, but 
But when I look around on my street, for example, and I have have parents with young kids on either side of me, I see how they're struggling right now just to make do in a work-at-home scenario. And increasingly, employers are going to be saying, come back to the office. Some will. And, and that pressure will be strong. And also, our kids are suffering from the social isolation and the, the lack of, um, of all-day learning. Uh, so those things together have parents very worried about the future. And I think that it's, it's reasonable for all of us to expect more from our levels of government to come up with a plan that works. It could be better childcare and recreational opportunities for kids mixed with more schooling. But I think the, the question that governments need to ask is, are, have we come up with the best possible approach that keeps kids safe, social and learning, that gets the most number of parents into the, into the workplace or still working or not suffering loss of income as a result. Do you think the provincial government has just kind of punted the ball here, just sort of handed it off to school boards that, as you mentioned, don't have a, a way to generate revenue and say, okay, now here, you figure out what a hybrid model looks like? I think to some extent that's, that's true. I would say we do need the flexibility because we don't, the, the future is quite uncertain, right? Whereas there's certainly, you know, an expectation that there, at some point there will be a second wave. We also know that COVID has materialized to different degrees. Their case numbers have varied from place to place. So I think that it's good that we're coming up with three models. I think we need to be prepared for the, for the all inevitable or all eventualities, all possibilities. Um, I, but, it, but I do think that um, it's not a coincidence that the government gave us a pot of money that doesn't even um, meet the needs of school boards to, repl- to uh, comply with um, public health expectations around COVID and opening schools. We're, we're looking at a deficit budget in this scenario. So, so think about the programs and services that have been created under COVID under an emergency situation to make sure that people, people's needs are being met. For some reason, we don't seem to be rising to that challenge with schools and childcare and work for parents. And you've, you're trying to get a, an, a letter or, or a motion passed to be able to send on to the provincial government? I mean, what, what's your realistic hope here that uh, that plea will be heard? Um, I, I'm actually fairly realistic, and I think it's, not, it's because um, that clamor is coming not just from TDSB school board trustees. Every day, every hour, it seems, I turn around, there's another article and another magazine, and there's another radio interview. People are desperate, and they want um, their governments to be listening to their needs right now. And I think that that, that uh, noise is going to get louder and louder and louder. And, and at some point, I hope that uh, our governments are going to rise to this challenge. I mean, it's part of economic, when, when we talk about economic recovery, surely we mean to include working parents. So um, at some point, I think the, 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 the other shoe is going to drop and federal and provincial and municipal governments are going to uh, come together and talk about solutions like child care, like finding more space, like employing more people to deliver more hours, whether it's school or care or rec programs for kids so that parents can continue to work. Jennifer Story is a TDSB trustee. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Well, you know, listen, I, if you've got kids, then yeah, you, you have got to hear that argument. I mean, I mean, you know, my kids both have suffered. They've suffered for not being in school for all kinds of different reasons, both of them different ways. You know, my son, grade six, he didn't get that 
you know, big kid on campus thing, you know, before he moved on from elementary school. He missed out on that. You know, and that, you know, that that kind of self-confidence building, man, you need that to get through grade 7 and grade 8. I don't know if you remember grade 7 and grade 8. I don't know. I, show me anybody who thinks that those two years are fun. They, they're terrible. And if, if you can enter it feeling pretty good about yourself, then maybe, just maybe, you might come out the other side not totally emotionally crippled. And that's just the social aspect. I'm not even talking about academics here. And then my daughter, who finished grade 9, I mean, we're in a point pretty quick here where it's, you know, it's going to start to count. We're fortunate that, you know, every time you, you think about the pandemic and, you know, where you are, you're always, you can always, I, I play this all the time. I think, like, I, well, it could be worse. You know, and I really, I feel so much for those kids who were in grade 12 this year or even in grade 11. And, you know, it's just, and it's all up in the air and it's all sort of left to them. And, you know, parents are trying to figure it out. It's not easy. And I think we need much better planning and much better communication from the minister who says, this is what we're talking about. Because right now, as parents, we're all looking at each other going, I don't, I, I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do when it comes to September. How am I going to get through it? How am I going to get through a whole school year?